Hello, hello, and welcome to the Body Led Business Podcast. I am your host, Orika Valan, and today I will be pouring my deepest heart into our conversation. Today, I will tell you a very tender story, a story that shaped who I am today as a woman. So I will not be speaking directly about business or leadership, but I will be sharing my story about me living in the Arctic. This is one of the most important stories that I get to tell you. And I am so honored and so proud that I got to experience this dark night of the soul in the Arctic. That was one of the most difficult experiences and literally rites of passage into my womanhood, into my maturity, into my embodiment in my entire life. So... I invite you to lean back and really enjoy the story that I will be telling you. More than four years ago, I was so, so ready to begin my business. I was already doing in-person workshops and I had already created my website and I was so, so willing and excited to launch my coaching business. However, I had about 1,000 euros to my name. I had just finished the project that I was doing with one beautiful couple. I was working as a project manager, as the assistant when it comes to doing the retreats and online programs. And I left that project and I had no income. So I had a really big dream, so much passion and very little financial resources to actually get my business going because it's no secret that in order to start really growing and scaling your business, you will need to invest in it. So I wanted to hire a coach. I also wanted to coach from a place where I feel spacious and relaxed and not be driven by scarcity or my need, you know, to pay the bills. And, you know, I didn't want to feel that urgency to get clients in order to survive. I just did not feel in integrity with my ethics and with my values as a coach. So I decided that I am willing to get any kind of job just to make money fast. And I was literally willing to do anything from working at a bar to working on a cruise ship as, (laughs) as a maid or, you know, whatever you do on a cruise ship. And I sent a lot of CVs to all kinds of random places. And someone told me during that time that there is this place called Svalbard, which belongs to Norway. It is basically in the Arctic and very close to the North Pole. (laughs) It is 1,500 kilometers away from the North Pole. So it is very, very far and it is very cold. And my friends told me they pay really well up there. I thought, okay, let's give it a go. So I found a few bars and hotels that they had over there. And, you know, as a student, I worked as a high level cocktail waitress. So I had a lot of experience with cocktails and alcohol and being a bartender. So I send them my CV and they hired me very, very quickly. So I decided that I am going to Svalbard in about two weeks. So when I came to Svalbard, two weeks prior my arrival, I did not even know about the existence of this place. So yes, I am very spontaneous. I can be quite passionate and impulsive when it comes to feeling that I am meant to do this. 
and I'm going to move mountains to make it happen. So I did make it happen. So when I write to Salbert, I was shocked. The land was so barren. Basically, there were no trees at all. <laughs> there was not a single plant. There were some barely alive, I believe mostly dead plants. And there were really, really beautiful big mountains. But there was no snow just yet. It was September. And I got this cozy, tiny apartment that my employer gave me. And apparently in Svalbard, you cannot truly really rent a house because the place is very small. You can have an Airbnb for vacation, but you cannot really rent an apartment if you desire to move there. So it is really difficult to move there because there is not a lot of jobs. And you can literally get an apartment only if you have a job there. So it was pretty crazy to live there for many reasons. And I want to share what it's like to live in Svalbard. So I arrived during the time while we still had daylight. It was a September, so the polar night began in the end of October. So I had about a month and a half of actually seeing what the environment looked like. And Svalbard is filled with monumental mountains, ancient glaciers, and it has the northernmost everything. It has the northernmost grocery store, the northernmost ATM, post office, even a school. And this archipelago actually has more polar bears than human beings. How insane is that? And I went there to make money. <laughs> so when I was working at the bar, it was really hard. Firstly, at at this time, I wasn't really drinking alcohol, but I began drinking wine because that was my way of coping after work because it was tough and disconnected and very, very isolated. So during the day, I would have my ritual space. I was in a very long practice space, prayer, oracle cards, self-pleasure, somatic work. And I would spend hours every single day basically being in deep communion with God because I didn't really have much more to do. So I was just in prayer and in practice and also in nature. However, at night, I would go to work at the bar and I did night shifts until 3 a.m. Sometimes I would actually do the whole thing by myself when it was a quieter night. So it was just me and a bunch of men. And a lot of these men were, you know, living also a very isolated life. And they were coming there quite often to have a pint or a whiskey. And, you know, at the time, to be honest, I wasn't drinking, as I said before. And this bar had the biggest whiskey collection I had ever seen in my entire life. So in order to sell whiskey, I would just smell literally hundreds of bottles to be able to describe the smell. <laughs> But I couldn't tell them that actually I don't drink that. By the way, right now I love tequila and whiskey and I just have no dogmas about, you know, indulging in all kinds of pleasures in my life. So after my night shift, I would go back home and just live my priestess life. So I had a truly double life. I was one person 
by day and I was completely someone else by night. At night, I would actually have to pretend to be someone else because I couldn't tell people that I am here to build a business as a sacred sexuality coach. That would just not make sense. And there was no one that I could really talk to without explaining my vocabulary, without sharing what I really believe in and what my values are. So I felt so lonely. Once I tried to create a woman's circle, but no one signed up. So that was just, you know, such a clear example of where the people living in Salabert were at. And so there I was living in this beautiful poetic landscape and feeling miserable inside. And this landscape that was so barren, so frozen, and this scenario became the perfect landscape for the dark night of the soul. In the end of October, the polar night began. And that was one of the most insane and beautiful and poetic and life-changing experiences of my entire life. With no dawn or sunset to tell me when it's time to be awake or asleep, I lived as if I was half hypnotized. I was completely ungrounded in this reality. And at the same time, I was deeply tapped into the mystical nature of life. So sometimes I would be crying myself to sleep. Other days I was ecstatic because I would go to have a walk on the frozen fjord. A fjord is basically a part of the sea or the ocean that is entering the mountains. So it may look like a lake, but it's connected to both the sea and the mountains. And in Svalbard, that fjord was completely frozen so that you could actually walk on it. And it looked like a white polar desert. So, so often I would go there for a walk and admire the stars. The Arctic had the most beautiful stars I've ever seen in my entire life because there was basically no light, just me, the moon, and the stars. On a lucky day, you would actually see Aurora Borealis or the Northern Lights. And so I was dressed in 20 layers. I looked like a Teletubby. <laughs> you could barely see my nose. Actually, I think you couldn't see my nose, probably just my eyes. And then I would just lay down on my back on the frozen fjord. It was a bit out of town, so it was completely dark. It was just me in the dark, laying on my back in that frozen desert and just admiring, delighting in Aurora Borealis. And I wish I had the words to describe how she moves across the sky, how she changes colors, how she changes her shape. It was truly one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen. And then about 20 minutes later, I would be frozen to death <laughs> and then I would have to go home. When I was walking on that fjord, and I wonder many times, I would always imagine myself being surrounded by the energy of the polar bear. And I am deeply connected to the work by Clarissa Picola Estes, who wrote the book, the famous book, Women Who Run With The Wolves. And I would imagine that I am a woman, a Nordic priestess, running with the polar bears. It may sound crazy, but... When I was there, it sounded so true. I felt so deeply the protection, the loyalty, the truth, the integrity of 
the soul of the polar bear. And I believe that a lot of my intuitive gifts awakened when I was there because I was so far away from the usual life. I was so far away from anything that made me, me. I questioned, who am I if I am not Ulrika? If I am not my nationality, my age, my purpose, my body, my gender, my language? Who am I beyond all of these layers? The beauty of the Arctic was so overwhelming that often I was actually transcending the daily mundane life as a human and truly merging with the mystery of the goddess. And just for the full contrast, imagine me experiencing this and then one hour later going to the bar where I was working to pour another whiskey. And it felt fascinating. I felt like I was an undercover witch. I would go to the bar and cover up my wildness under my normal woman persona and do small talk because that's what people do. However, when the polar night began, things began feeling really hard. Even though I had access to so many practices and connection to my heart and body and soul, I started feeling quite depressive because I was questioning everything. Is this the price that I have to pay in order to follow my dreams? Is this the price I must pay to have my soul-led business and help women awaken their sexuality? I was mad with God, thinking this does not make sense. I was feeling anger about the fact that I was born in a family and in a country where we didn't have much money. And I was angry. Why is it easier for other people, you know, who were born in a richer family or country who simply have the funds to build their business, right? So I found myself down spiraling a lot. And one of my ways of coping with that heaviness in my heart was through connection online with all kinds of women's circles, masterminds, one-on-one calls. And it was beautiful. I found connection online, even though it was not available in actual real life. So I was very grateful for that. But one day, something happened. I was off from my bar duties. And I was at home. And the power in my building went off. It would happen quite often. But imagine it's Lunchtime, it is completely dark. It's pitch dark outside. The moon is hovering in the sky. And by the way, when it's the polar night, the moon never sets. The moon is just simply rotating across the sky, which is so exquisite and beautiful. And what happened is that without the power, I had this impulse. I need to find connection. I was so afraid of being with myself. I was still running away from my fears and my deepest fear was feeling lonely. That I followed my impulse to go to my computer and look for connection. Obviously the Wi-Fi was off, but my need for connection was so ingrained that literally my body walked me to my computer without me realizing what's going on. I was craving for connection. I was seeking any way I could find to escape myself. When I realized there was nothing on the other side, 
It was just me and this darkness everywhere around me and also within me. That was the moment where it suddenly hit me. My ways of running away from myself had become so elaborate that I had ran as far as the end of the world. And even then, I could not be with myself. I was still excessively seeking connection, even if it was online. And to be honest, as far as I remember myself as a young girl, I was always feeling lonely. This is why I read books so early. I read so many books from a very early age that were really deep. I read everything by Hermann Hesse by the age of 15. And then I was deeply immersed in classical literature because that was my way of finding connection and understanding and meaning in life. And this pain crushed me to the ground. And in that moment, I found myself sobbing on the kitchen floor for hours. And in the thick of the Arctic darkness, I was faced with a choiceless choice. I had to descend deep into my body and face the deepest fear that they held, which is the fear of loneliness and the fear of abandonment. And in that moment on the kitchen floor, everything in my life changed completely. My soul revealed all the ways that I was running away from myself, how I was abandoning myself by trying to fill the void, by changing jobs, countries, partners, I would overwork myself. I would go and seek fun and parties and dates. And I was seeking something my entire life. And I thought maybe it's about finding my purpose. But it was something even deeper. It was my wholeness. Tired of seeking, I fully surrendered onto that kitchen floor. I surrendered to the blades of pain that I felt in my heart. But this felt more truthful than running away from myself. And the best way that I could describe what happened, it was me free-falling into the abyss of all the things that I had been running away for my entire life. And in that moment, when I fully trusted myself to completely let go, This is where I found myself. I found my soul and I found God. I found that something that I was seeking for so many years. In just a flash of a second, I felt my wholeness. I felt the peace that I was longing for. I felt the love that I was seeking externally, filling my heart from within. I was crying. I was sobbing. The pain was so immense that it was piercing every single cell of my body. My tears melted all the knots that maintained my old identity, that were related to my old patterns that kept me stuck in my purpose, in my relationship with the masculine, and my self-worth. So, In the Arctic, on that kitchen floor, I purged and purified all those unconscious contracts as I was surrendering to God, as I was being stripped bare. And in one of these moments, my soul whispered to me, it was God all the way. 
It was not about the next job. It was not about the next country. It was not about the next man, the next party, the next book, the next thing. It was that peace of oneness when I can just be with myself and find that silence that is unchanging while also feeling my heart completely cracked open. And this moment, the force of my emotional lava completely melted away that thick layer of armor around my heart. And I found myself sobbing with tears of joy. It was exquisite because the veil of separation between me and the divine was pierced. It was gone. And my heart was flooded with joy like a child's. I was born anew. I felt pure. I felt that I fully returned to innocence. And you know what? I wish that I could say this changed my life completely and I never felt lonely <laughs> again. I never tried to escape myself again. I had no other, you know, bad habits such as, you know, chasing connection online. But no, I am still this imperfect woman. And I got up when the experience was over. And I went to the library, <laughs> hoping that the Wi-Fi is working there so that I could find some sort of connection because holding so much energy in my body as it was being cracked open felt almost too much, right? It's definitely very, very edgy. And I went to the library, I sat down and I thought, hmm, okay, I'm just going to do the thing that makes me feel really safe and comfortable. And you know what? <laughs> the library staff came up to me saying, we're closing in five minutes. And I thought, fuck. Okay, God, I get the message. I can't run away from myself anymore. <laughs> and I stayed in the Arctic for the next two months after that experience. And I had many, many other similar experiences. Every single of these experiences gave me so much spiritual fortitude that for the first time in my life, I felt whole, I felt grounded, I felt safe, and I knew that I could never be abandoned. I felt that the pulse of the goddess was awakened inside of my womb, and I trusted myself so completely that I knew that no matter what would happen in my life, I can hold myself. I can be with myself and I will be okay because I love all of me unconditionally, even the parts that are the hardest to love. So it's ironic, but it was the Arctic that actually taught me how to unfreeze my heart. And it also taught me that it was never about, you know, finding the right kind of purpose or attracting the perfect guy. It was about becoming the woman that I am meant to be. And for the first time in my entire life, I felt free of seeking completion through a man. It is exquisite to feel so whole that I felt truly okay being with myself and being on my own. And that experience also taught me how to transmute my seeking my unhealthy attachment to find completion through someone else into a beautiful longing, longing for love, longing for connection, longing for God, 
but in a way that is unattached, in a way that comes from a place of deep overflow. So in the Arctic, I was able to heal my relationship with the masculine in such profound way that for many people, it would take a lot of plant medicine ceremonies. It would take years of not just regular therapy, but maybe actual somatic therapy, which I believe is the most potent one. So when I was in the Arctic, my plan was actually to stay for at least half a year because I wanted to experience the full season of the polar night and then experience the polar day, which is an experience that I never got to have. I heard it's even harder when it comes to sleep because your body is so confused because it's always sunny and the body never knows when it's time to enter this part of your circadian rhythm when it's time to sleep right? So when is the polar night? To be honest, I slept really badly because again, my body never knew how to sleep, but I still slept some. (laughs) So to end the story, I want to let you know that I was not able to endure six months of this. When Christmas came, thank God for my sister who came to visit me. So it was the first time I was with someone that I loved and trusted. As soon as my sister arrived, I got so sick. I had nearly 40 degrees Celsius of fever. I was basically hallucinating. Anytime I would stand up, I was literally feeling and seeing visuals. It was insane. And after Christmas, I left. I left to Sweden to be with dear friends of mine and arrived at night. It was in Gothenburg. And it was so beautiful to see some people that I truly loved. But the most magical thing happened when, oh, I have chills as I say that, when I went to the kitchen in the morning and I looked through the window and I saw daylight, I saw trees, and I saw people just walking casually through the backyard of the house. And I realized that life continues. I had gone to the deepest underworld that I knew that I was preparing for my entire life. And yet, life kept on going. The day was back, and it reminded me of the part in Lord of the Rings, if you've read the book, where it's almost the final battle, and they have the day without dawn. And of course, after the battle, the dawn is back, the daylight is back. So when I look through the window, through that apartment in Gothenburg, Sweden, It felt like me ending a huge battle that I was fighting with myself for my entire life and entering an entirely new chapter in my life. So living in the Arctic was the most important rite of passage that I have experienced so far. And the rite of passage was me maturing into my womanhood, into my wholeness that changed everything for me. I came back to life as an initiated woman, deeply connected to God, to my intuition, and trusting myself so fully that I almost felt invincible because I knew that whatever life would bring me, I couldn't handle it. And on a more practical note, my life after the Arctic picked up so much momentum right after. I moved to Thailand, There I met my next partner and this way I also ended a four-year cycle of being single. With this beautiful man, we entered a beautiful tantric union. We lived together. 
And that, again, broke the cycle of me longing to be in a beautiful, healthy, and safe partnership with a beautiful, conscious man. I also created so much momentum and success in my business from the very beginning. I invested most of the money that I made in the Arctic into business coaching. And from the very beginning, I went straight into a five-figure month and a six-figure year, right? So I believe that moving to the Arctic was one of the reasons why I had so much capacity to be able to show up with so much consistency, with so much devotion, say yes to every single opportunity, and also be able to hold so much new responsibility, service, creativity, and also wealth. So that was, I guess, the shortest version of my story of me living in the Arctic. I will have quite a big passage in my book about this experience, and I can't wait for you to fully read that story. I hope that you were able to receive the guidance and the wisdom from this experience directly into my heart, and I'm so grateful that you have stayed until the end of the story. And if you want to share any insights about what you experienced through the story, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. And otherwise, I am so grateful for you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.